Recently, a number of tech executives like Elon Musk, the founder of Tesla, and Steve Wozniak, one of the co-founders of Apple, joined together to author and sign an open letter suggesting that technology development of artificial intelligence should have a six-month moratorium while we examine the ethics necessary to continue this uh, technology. Now that's interesting, people involved in the technology suggesting that we might want to put a hold on things until we can think through exactly what's happening. Let's talk about artificial intelligence. Despite the caution being expressed by a number of tech titans in this, um, in this generation, there's a secularist philosopher by the name of Eleazar Yudkowsky, a philosopher and what uh, some people call a futurist. He has no conception of God. He is uh, secular-minded. He's not a man of faith. But he says the that this open letter suggesting that AI development needs to be paused for six months, he argues that that's not enough. In fact, in an article in Time Magazine entitled, We Need to Shut It All Down, he says this with a tone of panic in his voice. He says, many researchers steeped in these issues, including myself, expect that the most likely result of building a superhumanly smart AI is that literally everyone on earth will die. Not as in maybe possibly some remote chance, but as in that is the obvious thing that would happen. It's interesting. We've had computers for most of, the, most of our lives. Most of us have, have been using computers for a very long time. But whereas the computers of yesteryear simply categorized data, the latest versions of artificial intelligence have the ability to understand the context of words as millions of people use them and thus has the capacity to solve problems, to predict future outcomes, to expand knowledge, and potentially even to take action. One of the interesting intellectual experiments tied to artificial intelligence is a well-known uh, article that, that is called the Paperclip Maximizer. It has a scenario that plays out like this. Suppose a computer with a powerful AI program is given the simple task to, quote, create as many paperclips as possible. Now, if it's given this instruction, but there are no ethical guardrails, the AI, the computer itself, could decide in order to proceed in the most efficient way possible, it could attempt to lock human beings out of the internet, to assume control of entire industries, and to dedicate Earth's total resources towards the singular goal of producing paperclips. If it didn't immediately know how to do those things, it could learn how, executing its goal of paperclip maximization, to the detriment of all life on planet Earth. It's a scenario that is both frightening and yet theoretically possible in an age where the internet is everywhere, entire industries are automated, and companies are racing to develop artificial intelligence that is more and more powerful. The problem 
The danger posed by artificial intelligence is not its potential so much as the lack of ethics guiding the people who are doing the developing. Peter Kreeft, who is a philosopher, has a very interesting quote. He said, exactly when our toys have grown up with us from bows and arrows to thermonuclear bombs, we have become moral infants. In other words, we've developed technology to new and greater levels of potential global devastation, while human culture seems to be regressing and we are less able to think ethically, what I would call thinking biblically, today than we were even one generation ago. Technologies like thermonuclear weapons achieve something that all the preachers, all the moralists, all the prophets and saints and sages of history have not been able to do. The technology that we live under now, the cloud of destruction that is potentially possible on earth, it has made the practice of virtue and ethics literally necessary for survival. All the preachers who encouraged people to live a righteous life, well, now we don't have any other options. We don't figure out how to live and behave ethically. We will destroy ourselves. Now, here's the key about that. While Mr. Yudkowsky has no belief in eternity, for him, this is a disastrous proposition because this is all there is. Christians do not submit to that kind of fatalism because we know that this is not how the story uh, reaches its conclusion. We understand that there is somebody in charge of human history, and even if AI is a part of what happens in, in the last days, uh, it will not be a world out of control. And yet, as long as we have leaders who view the definition of humanity as simply the combination of brute intelligence and physical ability, artificial intelligence has the possibility to become a brutal uh, overlord over the human race. We know how the story ends, and though uh, we are capable of great evil, we know that somebody greater is in charge of the story. Um, so what does this mean for us? Well, one of the things that we already understand is that in our generation, the proliferation of fake news and conspiracy theories and misinformation and disinformation and false flag events uh, are so common that we have become used to living in a generation where it's hard to trust what is presented to us because it's probably not true. The reality is that the internet has always been a tool of manipulating and shifting and shaping our understanding about truth. Here's the thing, generative artificial intelligence takes that to the next level. Not only do we have the distribution channels through social media and through mass media, but we also have the ability to create news out of whole cloth on a mass scale. One of the biggest things that we can do as Christians is join with these calls to pause the development of the technology until we can establish the boundaries. In other words, to slow things down and ask the hard questions. We can't just assume 
that things that we see online are true. We have to slow down and read things before we post them on social media, before we share them with our friends and family. We have to understand what's actually true before we jump on board and become a part of the problem of, uh, of circulating these, uh, this information that's not true. Slow down, ask the right questions, be committed to be a people of truth. It's very tempting to see something on social media or, or a video somewhere. Uh, there was a video recently produced showing uh, the president of the Ukraine uh, offering a surrender and telling his troops to lay down their weapons. Fake news, artificially created video. Imagine what would happen if, if you got a telephone call from Elon Musk himself personally asking you to support a particular political candidate. Well, I, maybe you run in circles that I don't run in, but let me tell you, if Elon Musk calls you in the next election cycle to suggest who you should vote for, uh, you can bet it's an artificial intelligence produced robocall. Elon Musk is not making 30 million personal phone calls to American voters. How do we move forward? Well, you might recall a week ago, I told you about a man named Harari who has an agenda for the 21st century and his agenda had two things. Solve the problem of physical immorality, that is overcome death, and also intensify human happiness. In other words, upgrade humans into godlike beings. Now, John Lennox is a Christian scientist. Uh, he's a philosophical, philosophically minded a theologian. Uh, he's a, a grand thinker in the best of Christian tradition. I posted on the sources a, a link to a video where he's discussing his new book, uh, 2084, and he talks a lot about uh, artificial intelligence. But he speaks about Harari's agenda for the 21st century. Uh, solve the problem of physical death and intensify human happiness. I love John Lennox's reply when he simply says, my answer to that is, Mr. Professor, Mr. Philosopher, you're too late. The problem of death has already been solved. The upgrade of humans to intensify their happiness has already been secured. You see, Jesus Christ, God who became flesh, came and lived among us 2,000 years ago, and he secured an alternative to eternal death, which was eternal life. He's made it possible for us to have an existence that has been separated, divorced from the brokenness and the sinfulness of the world in which we live. Philosophers are just now trying to figure out how to upgrade human evolution. When the fact of the matter is, Jesus Christ has made it possible for us to have the very things that our soul so deeply yearns for. Let me read you a passage from the Old Testament. Uh, the eighth Psalm, Psalm 8, the psalmist, the poet, says these words, beginning in verse 3. Speaking to God, he says, When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is man that you think of him, and a son of man that you're concerned about him? Now that's interesting because the psalmist is simply saying, when I consider the, the, the universe, I recognize the smallness 
of the individual, the insignificance of any particular human being. And yet he goes on in verse five to say, yet you have made him a little lower than God and you crown him with glory and majesty. You have him rule over the works of your hands. You've put everything under his feet, all sheep and oxen and also the animals of the field, the birds of the sky and the fish of the sea, whatever passes through the paths of the sea. Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You see, critics of Christianity will often argue that we are somehow oppressive and hateful. We want to um, frustrate uh, human desire to have their way, to be whatever they want to be. The fact of the matter is Christianity recognizes that God made us for more than we have right now. The brokenness of creation, the, the, the marring by sin has made this world um, certainly a less than perfect place. In fact, in some ways, a less than even good place. And yet, God took it upon himself to secure a way back a way to recover paradise. It's not through the upgrading of human evolution. It's not through uh, the invention of super intelligent computers. We need to figure out how to use the technology that is now coming online, how to use it to the betterment of humanity. We need to put boundaries because there will always be sinful humans behind the development of the technology and that's where the danger comes in. There must be regulations, there must be ethical boundaries set in place, but we need to understand that the motivation of so many who are behind this technology is a motivation in that they want the exact things that God has already promised us, He's already provided for. And so while we're trying to figure out our our, our sexual identity while we're trying to figure out uh, all of the things that we think uh, will make us better. The reality is, if we want to be the best humans we can be, if we want humanity to achieve its full potential, we need to not look forward, but we need to look back and find the instruction that God has given to His people, saying, I've made a way for you to have, to be, to become everything that you deep down in your soul desire to be. Find our way to Jesus Christ. He leads us to redemption and then to completion, to fulfillment. This is the Christian message in a day of technology. We are not Luddites who reject technology out of hand. We're not moving to live in a tent in the woods or, or hide in a cave somewhere. We have the ability to engage in the direction that our culture is moving, but we must do so with a message that there is a way to achieve, to, to receive what it is you so deeply desire. God's made a way in Jesus Christ. That's our message. That's our contribution. So while we need to be a part of this process of establishing ethical boundaries, we need Christian scientists, Christian uh, tech executives. We need Christians in the fields to exert influence as salt and light in the development of these new technologies. But we don't run scared from them. We speak forcefully to the cry of the human heart. We wanna be more than we are. Well, here's the good news. 
You can be. God's made a way. Let us be vocal. Let us be engaged. Let us be testimonies, provide testimonies to be witnesses. Let us be the people of God in our modern age telling an ancient story that solves the most foundational questions of life. What does it mean to be human and how can we be made whole again? We live in a fractured culture. We have the message of completion and wholeness. Let's not be shy with it. This is Truth Currents. Thank you.